0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters podcast, Season 2, Episode 10. Tegan, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's not Star Wars, but I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect, and for any Mass Effect fans, it feels like Star Wars. Uh, so if you haven't, check out that new Legendary Edition. It's a ton of fun.
0: Yeah, I'll give a little shout out to uh, our fellow babysitter on the Discord, Zed. He's, uh, I think he's doing a marathon. I've seen him streaming that uh, consistently the past few days, so... Must be a good one.
1: Definitely worth playing. I, I noticed that too. It's like uh, his status has been like that like the whole weekend. So I wonder how far he's got.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah. So welcome everyone to today's episode. We're gonna talk about uh, the last last episode. We we mentioned you know talking about uh, on the player side of the table uh, things through the game in general uh, a little bit focused in combat and i think we will probably expand on that a little bit more today and really kind of a combat primer here as we started uh, putting our notes down and, and just look at things that uh, you know all the most of the options in combat and then some things that uh, you know maybe a lot of people don't think of that are there and available uh, some really cool features before that though let's do some a uh, few announcements on our end uh, first a Make sure to check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com for uh, access to all of our content, Uh, this podcast, YouTube channel, our Twitch channel, where we stream our live plays, things like that. Uh, Instagram, where we post uh, plot hooks, NPCs, uh, some role tables that have been really fun to put together. And then lastly, our Patreon. Patreon is what helps us uh, host this podcast. So to make sure that's up and running all of our episodes, uh, we appreciate all the support from you guys uh, that do pledge to that Patreon. We have a few new members for that today. Uh, One thing I want to mention is we did recently set up the annual Patreon option, which is really cool. I know a few people had asked about this, and it allows you to pledge for a year. Uh, So instead of going uh, monthly each month at a time, uh, you just put in one uh one year sum and there is a discount to that i believe it's 15% on all the tiers so uh, whatever tier you choose you get a 15% discount if you go for the whole year so good option there uh so tier 1 uh we have an annual uh, new patreon epic backflip uh, one of my frequent one-shotters so thank you to him uh and then a few on tier 2 we have a new member at tier 2 alexander and then uh, jeremy benjamin and jawa those uh, latter three all converted over to the annual membership we just talked about speaking of those one shots and whatnot uh, i am trying to get those back uh, at least once a month and uh, those are going to be available to all patreon tiers one two and three and any twitch subscribers uh to the twitch channel as well so if you want to get in on a one shot uh, go ahead check that out uh, join the dungeon jedi masters discord and uh, find information for that. The next one is going to be the end of the month here, the 29th on Saturday um, at about, uh, I think, 8, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time is when we're running that. Still have some spots available. And uh, lastly, for Patreon, uh, we usually like to do a freebie mid-month here and there. And to go along with today's episode, uh, we are going to do a Kind of a, a player cheat sheet we'll have a lot of the stuff we talk about today i know conditions are a big thing uh just a lot of good reference kind of a dm screen but for the player uh, something as a quick reference to help you during play as there's you know a lot of rules out there so
1: definitely a lot to keep in
0: mind <laughs> absolutely so always good to have a reference uh, at your fingertips Uh, I think that's everything on our end. Uh, Switching over to Star Wars 5e and new releases there, we have two uh, new species. Tegan, uh, head over to you for the first one, the Edvos.
1: I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, Yeah, the Edvos are a cool one. Um, These ones are going to be pretty flexible, but definitely cool if you want to build a good barbarian or fighter with them. Uh, These guys, to start them off, uh, you get a constitution score or increase of two uh, and a wisdom increase of one, so they can actually be pretty good for guardians, too, or even sentinels if you want to go for a uh, path the force blade. Uh, these guys are, so they're kind of a uh, Used to coming from a hot environment, Uh, they've kind of evolved into uh, a little bit of kind of a reptile, reptilian mammal kind of crossbred, which is uh, definitely interesting on that side. They got a little single horn in there as well. Uh, Their planet's just kind of played by volcanic eruptions, which kind of the cool thing is it gives you the lava dweller feature for this class, uh, which is going to give you resistance to fire damage just due to being used to that extreme heat uh, growing up. Uh, But with this class, uh, basically, speed's normal. You're going to get dark vision to start with. Uh, Nice thing with this one, too, especially depending on what you're going to be building, uh, is you get the hide feature, uh, which allows you, if you're unarmored, to make your AC 12 plus your dexterity. Uh, So make it a little bit less mad, depending on what class you're going for with it. Uh, nice thing too, as I mentioned, they've got a little horn, so uh, you can actually use that as a natural weapon. Uh, so you can uh, make an unarmed strike uh, using your horn, uh, which will start off with 1d4 kinetic damage. Uh, could be good if you wanted to make a brawler style. Uh, you can kind of up, up that damage die starting from a little bit of an elevated ground for it. Uh, you also get a pretty sweet feature too for the class, uh, Vigilant. Uh, So basically, when you would roll initiative, you can choose to have advantage on the roll, and you can do this once per a shirt or long rest. Uh, So definitely, if you wanted to, this could be another one. It doesn't give you too much for the monks, but you could definitely build a nice monk with this one, Uh, especially if your DM allows you to do the variant rule where you can increase your unarmed strike uh, due to having proficiency with it from your species. Uh, Getting that advantage on your initiative rolls, you can get into combat quick and do some pretty sweet stuff. Uh, but this is definitely a fun one, it has some cool flavor behind it, too. So, definitely recommend you guys checking it out.
0: Awesome. Yeah, the horn's a very cool aspect. Uh, I just see some good, uh, good, flavorful stuff of, of uh, headbutting with that in combat. Sounds cool. The uh, next species is the uh, Michian. Uh, Michian. uh So, you might recognize this uh, humanoid species. Uh, I know they were in the Clone Wars. Uh, they have a Very wavy tendrils uh, off of their head, similar to the Nautilin, but more. uh, I think more tendrils, a little more ribbony. And uh, I think they kind of like naturally float uh, above their head as well, you know, like uh, static hair. Uh, But um, beyond that, uh, another good species here to to add to the list. Uh, Their ability scores include Wisdom by two points and then your choice of one other ability by one. So some good flexibility there, Uh, obviously with the Wisdom, great for uh, force casting classes and things like that. Uh, Looking at their features, Blind Sight is going to be one of your first uh, good ones here, uh, allowing you to uh, 30 feet range there. And uh, you can, you know, with what Blindsight provides, uh, you know, seeing things uh, through darkness and even beyond that uh, definitely helps uh, a lot of times in in certain situations. Uh, Keen hearing, another feature here which allows advantage on perception checks involving hearing that often can uh, come up. Uh, Bureaucratic is another one here giving proficiency with persuasion or imitation, sorry, intimidation, your choice both uh very frequently used uh, skills there and uh that, that about wraps it up for that one uh, as i said but another another good addition to the species list definitely
1: for sure definitely some fun ones you can find some good flavor options and just really build out something unique with
0: all right so i think that's all the announcements and whatnot so we can jump into the episode as i said earlier we're going to talk about essentially combat uh and Kind of go to the other side of the table uh, with the players a little bit and and offer some things for you guys. Um, But there there might be some things here even for DMS to uh, to pick up on. Some of this may be um, stuff that many out there already know and understand. But hopefully, you know, I even said uh, to Tegan earlier when we were doing notes that there was a few things that you know even I picked up on that you know either was new or just wasn't something that I had. just it, you know, it's it's infrequent, so a good a good reminder refresher uh, for some of these things. So uh, Tegan combat has started. DM asks uh, roll initiative. So of course, initiative is when we set our order here of combat. Uh, combat in the in our game here, Star Wars Five E is a cycle of rounds and turns. It's the way we manage, uh, you know, how everyone goes because you obviously can't all go at once and whatnot. You have to have some structure. Uh, the round is uh, represents about six seconds of time. I know for me that was a weird concept at first, but then it kind of makes sense. And then uh, within one round, that six seconds, each combatant takes one turn. So you have your turn within a round. So Tegan, we have uh, initiative has rolled, our combatants are all set. Uh, Let's kind of start just going through what, uh, what these options are for our, our players when you're, you're a combatant in there and everything you can do. Uh, I know a lot of things like the actions, the attacks are going to be the obvious ones. And let's kind of break some of that down and, and what else uh, we can expand on.
1: Definitely, I think one of the big pieces after, especially before after initiative is rolled, and this is something the DM will determine, but something a player should keep in mind, uh, is kind of going over the surprise feature. This is one of the more, uh, I think one of the most, kind of not misunderstood, but kind of What kind of areas in 5e that's kind of has a little bit of confusion around it Uh, but as a player it can be both great and terrible depending on which side of the surprise coin you're on Uh, so uh, for DMs this is one of those ones I'd recommend running rules as written I know there's a lot of homebrews and house rules for how to do surprise but I used to do that too, but I feel like the rules is written ways to go, uh, but basically at the start of initiative, uh, either before or after you roll, uh, the DM will determine who is it or who isn't surprised. Uh, usually that's going to be either if you're the group, uh, the party's stealthing, they're trying to sneak up and ambush somebody, uh, it's going to use your stealth rolls versus the uh, the enemy's passive perception, uh, or if it's the opposite. I've run some fun encounters too where the party gets surprised by something stealthy, uh, they're gonna to be going against the party's passive uh, perception, uh, and that's going to determine if the party is surprised or not. Uh, cool thing with this is something I think that always gets lost in the shuffle uh, is that for surprise, it's not everybody or nothing. Uh, so, like, let's say you uh, part of the party is able to sneak up on the group, uh, and they they get or about half of them are able to beat uh the the player the the enemy's perception scores so you can surprise half that group half the group won't be surprised but that half the group on that first round will be surprised Uh, and if you're surprised you can't take any actions no movements on your turn uh, and you are not even able to make reactions until after your turn is passed and uh, The nice thing too is if uh, you're surprised, uh, you, the people have advantage on you with their attacks up until uh, your turn comes. So this could be a great way to get some guaranteed hit or most likely uh, hits in there, uh, do some damage, especially if you pick the lethality Operative practice, uh, you could get some crazy crits with that guaranteed crit uh, on any surprise creature. So if you pick that operative way, try to make sure you can work in a surprise as much as you can.
0: Yeah, definitely a great thing. As you said, uh, you know, I think something that is probably not underutilized but maybe misutilized um and i think you know as you said you've kind of ran this differently before and i as a player of yours i I think i you know remember that and i've i've been in other games as well and i think oftentimes it's all right surprise round like there's there's not really such thing as a surprise round like it's still like round one it's still the normal round and you determine if anyone within that round is surprised and so that's that's the rules is written is that as you said some people can be surprised some of them aren't uh so you have to determine that and then you go through the normal round as opposed to okay surprise round everyone gets a free attack so just uh yeah one thing to kind of to make note of
1: Yeah, it's one of those ones uh and i feel like it's just because everybody's probably played with somebody who had the homebrew rule and just kind of started using the homebrew rule if you haven't tried it out rules is written give it a shot I much prefer the rules as written way to the old way I used to do it. Uh, it just makes it cleaner, simpler. It just kind of it flows better. And it's just not too OP. So if you haven't tried it, just give it a shot and see if you like it.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. So uh, we've determined if there is any surprise here with our uh, in our round of combat. Uh, so first player is up. First combatant is up. Uh, whoever that is, uh, we'll say that it's a player in our examples here. Uh, now they have some things at their uh, disposal. Uh, generally, actions, um, action movement are going to be your core two, and then within those are going to be you know certain things, um, bonus action if uh, they have anything that grants them a bonus action. We'll probably uh, touch on that a little bit more uh, later down the line here. And uh, I believe those are the core three. Anything I'm missing?
1: Yeah, those are kind of the big pieces. It looks like.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so movement, uh, we'll touch on that, I guess, right away. Movement's pretty self-explanatory. Basically, you move around You know, the battlefield. Uh, if you're playing on a gridded map, uh, you can move up to each square uh, re- generally represents five feet. And so you can move a number of squares up to your movement speed, which is uh, listed, built into your uh, character. When you build that and um but one thing and i think most people know this but you know sometimes not you can break that up in between actions so you can move 10 feet do an action move another 10 feet do something else if you have something else to do and then move your last 10 feet if you have a total 30 feet so you certainly can do that uh in and break it up in chunks which can be very helpful and, and maybe necessary in you know in a, in a battle that things are happening so um once you've got your movement figured out, uh, Tegan, let's start going through the actions. There's a lot of options uh, under actions. Of course, an attack is, is one of the main ones, but let's start with uh, some of the other things that uh, fall under the actions category.
1: Definitely. So attack's kind of the core one, but sometimes uh, the battlefield's in a little bit of a different place and doing damage may not be the best use of your action. Uh, So there's a lot of cool things you can do that sometimes get overlooked just due to uh, always wanting to put the damage on. Uh, So what are the cool ones? Grappling. Uh, Grappling can be a great way to kind of change up the mix of the battlefield. Uh, With grappling, uh, you can try to kind of grab a creature by making contested athletics checks or acrobatics as well as one of the o- options. And then once you have that creature they're, they're stuck with you. Uh, you have half movement speed, they have zero movement speed uh, and you could basically move them around the battlefield. Uh, some creative uses I've seen with this one, especially if you're fighting, uh, let's say you're fighting uh, on Mustafar or Cloud City, uh, and there's a drop off. Uh, you can grapple them, they lose that check go through, move them to the edge, and just drop them off. Uh, So easy way to get rid of somebody you don't feel like fighting out. So uh, definitely some fun ones you can kind of go through and just kind of change the battlefield layout uh, without having to worry about throwing some damage die down.
0: Yeah, it's such a great feature in uh, one of our games that we played with you tegan uh we had the the wookie berserker and used grappling all the time and it was it was a great tactic you know he went and and you can still um when you're within a grapple both the person doing it and then the person that is grappled can still attack uh that's another thing that you know do make a point of is that you still can attack there is not uh there aren't any um penalties for that other than just if you're grappled you can't move so you still you know. You still can swing your swords and things like that, uh, whatever. But um, but yeah, definitely a great thing. There's another part of grappling uh, that, it, it, Tegan, is the shoving, tripping specific to Star Wars 5e?
1: Oh, no, that, that one's, uh, is it in, that, tripping is specific to 5e, but the or Star Wars 5e, but shoving is not regular 5E. Okay. OK, uh,
0: cool. Yeah, so shoving and tripping are, are kind of a aspect of, of grappling, and they kind of fall a little bit within that same action, if you will. And um, you know two other great options here. So uh, essentially, you you do a a shove or trip as an action that counts as one of your actions, and um, basically like you do with a grapple, your opposed checks, and if you succeed, the uh, enemy is either shoved uh, to the ground prone, or sorry, shoved away five feet, or if you trip them, they go to the ground prone and uh you know this could be great uh if you if you use this with uh, like extra attack uh the shove or trip would be part of one of your uh attacks there so you, then you would have your second uh, part of that extra attack um perhaps you're in a situation where you're a ranged combatant and someone came up on you and you need to get that distance to not have that penalty for your ranged attack well you could move away get an opportunity attack or maybe you could attempt to shove shove them away then you're at regular uh, distance for your attack or knock them down prone and you're a melee combatant when someone is prone you get advantage on your attacks for somebody that's prone so it's another thing you can do as well so just a cool like kind of combat management uh aspect there
1: Especially with that, if you're a melee group and you're fighting somebody with high AC, just using one of your attacks to knock them prone can set your team up for success. Because uh, advantage can be a huge game changer on hitting or not. So, uh, especially if you're fighting somebody with 19, 20 AC, this can be the way to make sure that you're not having a lot of people waste their attack
0: turns. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point. Uh, you know, thinking of those things, uh, those situations when you, you learn that, uh, you know, an opponent has uh, high armor or something like that. What are the different ways that you can kind of manage that and get around it? Um, a few other, uh, cool things here, uh, under the actions, uh, the guard and, and guard. This one, I believe is, is specific to Star Wars 5e, right?
1: This one's specific to Star Wars 5e, and this is one of my favorite ones. Uh, And this is one DMs, you should take a look at the guard action. Uh, Basically, this will allow you to use your your action to give a so you can basically pick one of your allies within five feet uh, and give anybody attacking that ally disadvantage Uh, so it's basically kind of like a partial dodge that you can use one of your actions to give to somebody else Uh, this is a good one especially for even on the player side but uh, so if you have somebody you want to protect or want to really set them up for a cool combo or if you know one of your allies is concentrating on a power that's really keeping the battle in check you can use your action guard them uh, and make sure that anybody that's going after them is going to have disadvantage to hit It uh, just really makes sure that uh, they've got the best chance they can to survive it and with dms if you kind a similar story if you got somebody that uh one of your enemies is maybe lower health but can do some crazy stuff this could be a good way to make the party have to work a little bit harder to take them out and give you a few more rounds to have them have some fun
0: yeah those little things are always fun to throw in into uh in into an encounter uh, on either side of the table of course uh and you know, it just another little piece of that so that you can extend um, with with like operatives in their sneak attack. Uh, of course, you can gain sneak attack uh, if you have advantage. And one way to give, um, well, not advantage, but um, other than advantage is if you have an ally within five feet of your target, your enemy. So, you know, it's a good combo here. Like, all right, we want to help my help the operative get as much uh, damage as they can do and so then perhaps you have somebody else come up and do a guard action and you're kind of doing a protect thing uh, with each other so just another good way to to utilize that
1: definitely a lot of these two especially for kind of the operative combo uh but a lot of these ones like especially grappling shoveling tripping guard uh if you're a berserker which i know a lot of times some people may say berserkers don't have a lot of cool options with their classes, Uh, this could be a good way to get some more fun things to do to change the battlefield up. Uh, Because by grappling, you can make sure you're the tank by bringing some of those melee guys away from your crew and grappling and just shoving, bringing them back or shoving or tripping them down or guarding your squishies to make sure they're not getting hit and that you're taking those hits for them. Uh, There's a lot of cool things that just open you up to more possibilities Uh, that just kind of most hidden a little bit in the the initial rules.
0: Yeah, and I think it's all about You know, making the combat a little bit less, I attack, next person goes, I attack, you know, working together and and really, I I think that at the end of it, I think that that story of of that combat would be so much more uh, exciting. So, uh, moving on here with a few of these other options uh, under the actions, uh, you know, dash uh, dash kind of explanatory. You get to uh, basically as an action, using your action, you can move up to your movement speed. So, uh, I believe thirty feet's the the standard uh, across the board for uh, the average uh, movement speed that a, a creature has. So. On top of your movement, so this is a movement on top of your regular movement. Uh, so if you need to run across the room that's 60 feet long, uh, you can go halfway there with your regular movement. Dash allows you to go that extra 30. And again, you can break this up uh, in, in uh, increments if you need to, um, but uh, it's it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's very helpful uh, in certain situations if you need to run away, get away, or chase somebody down, etc. cetera. Uh, another one is uh, disengage which is uh, disengage allows you to um as it says you're disengaging from the enemy and you can move away from somebody and not provoke an opportunity attack Uh, opportunity attacks are when you leave the um the range of an enemy uh if you if you're within a melee range of an enemy and you step away they have the ability to attack you disengage negates that so super helpful if you kind of need to fall back retreat etc uh let's look at uh hide and hide's gonna be you know a big one here uh even before the while we're going uh, prepping for the episode uh definitely a, a bit of a hot topic i'd say in uh, combat <laughs> tegan tell us about hide
1: Definitely. So hide's one of those ones It takes kind of the most, uh, most kind of conversations between you and your DM to utilize, uh, as well as taking a good look at the battlefield uh, and then kind of knowing what abilities or features or uh, options your class has on top of uh, basically the rules as written uh, abilities. Uh, basically just give you the high level overview, just the, the rules as written. Uh, when you take the hide action, you're going to make a dexterity st- uh, stealth attack uh, to attempt to hide. Uh, now there's more rules for hiding uh, in the kind of that uh, section. We'll go over those in a second. Uh, and if you succeed, uh, basically you're going to get some of the advantage uh, as an unseen tar- attacker and target. Uh, so you'll basically have advantage on your attack. Uh, just give you some little boost I know a lot of operators like to do this to be able to trigger their sneak attack uh, and make sure they can get it without having to rely on a setup uh, but one of the, the big pieces is just kind of going over uh, kind of the rules or kind of what's necessary to be remain hidden and this is kind of where the kind of where the uh, the rub comes in with this because where you have to really work with your DM uh, because a lot of people get used to kind of the Skyrim logic where you can just hide anywhere. Uh, But with Star Wars, they're not Star Wars, D&D or Star Wars 5e, you have to have kind of a setup to be able to hide. Uh, so there has to be something that you can hide behind, or there must be something obscuring the area, like there's a, a dense fog rolling around the area. That'd be something you could hide in, or maybe there's like a, at least a, a large crate or some type of mechanism that you could hide behind that'd make it harder for your kind of a, whoever's pursuing you to find you. Uh, so there has to be something that uh, without, This is just kind of innately, I know there's some features, uh, some fighting styles and things that kind of tweak this equation, but to start with, you kind of have to make sure you're hitting those boxes to get everything going.
0: Yeah, and it's so yeah. Taking that a little bit further as well, uh, you know, that kind of starts things. It's it says in the rules, you know, it's very up to the DM. Uh, So, you know, ask the DM to to describe the area, and then you know, is there cover? Is there is there that fog or whatever? um, And then to 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 do that, of course, Um, I believe I don't know if it's like specifically in the rules, but I think like the. The 5e designers, developers, you know, offered clarification on this that in in the case of, um, you know, rogues, operatives coming out to try and get sneak attack, once you come out of that hiding spot to make your attack, you become seen because the enemy is likely looking for you and they're alert of you. So, um... You know, a whole topic. We I'm sure we could go back and forth on 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 how that works. Uh, just to offer, you know, the per the way that I personally do this, you do that initial stealth check to hide, and if you succeed, you're hidden. And then when you want, if if you want to make an attack, you make another stealth check, and if you succeed on that one, then you remain hidden, and then you can get any of those bonuses. So, um, Tegan, anything else that you would do different on that situation?
1: Yeah, it's pretty similar to how I run it, just kind of having that check and make sure you're being that passive perception to make sure uh, you're staying hidden and you've got some place to hide behind. Uh, this one is just really one of those ones, just as we mentioned, just kind of ask your DM what the setting is like, kind of uh, give a run through of what you're trying to do and see kind of a little bit of back and forth to see what will work for you. Sometimes it's not going to work. There's just uh, you're in a bright lit area. There's really not anywhere to hide. Uh, but other times, hopefully the DM will throw in some cool areas where you can hide and get to use some fun features with it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. All right. uh, Moving on with uh, still plenty more of these uh, wonderful actions to use. Uh, Dodge is another action that's uh, very cool to utilize. And this helps uh, just avoiding attacks. Uh, You can use this, you know, whenever, wherever you are as your action. And until the start of your next turn, any roll against you is disadvantage. And uh, as long as the as long as you can see the attacker, and uh, you also make dexterity saving throws with advantage, so that's uh, that's pretty massive because that comes up quite a bit.
1: It's one of my favorites, and sometimes I think one of the lesser used one. If you're like in like a bad situation uh, and you just don't like, you don't have like maybe like you your party's getting beat up, uh, there's somebody that's just been railing really against you guys. Uh, try taking the dodge action, especially if you're not one of the ones that can do like a lot of DPS. Take that dodge action, see if you can absorb a few of the the guy's hits. uh, Let your party kind of come together, get a little bit of a break, and hopefully swarm the guy. Uh, It can really be a game-changer. The advantage on dexterity checks and the disadvantage against any attacks. Disadvantage is usually huge. Uh, It's hard to hit sometimes with disadvantage. Depending on what system you're using, roll 20 sometimes just gets wacky with it, but uh, usually it's harder to hit with disadvantage, so it can really be a game-changer.
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, all these little things that, you know, of course, so you get generally one action per turn, um, unless you have a class or a feature that allows you something else. Extra attack is not, extra attack uh, is something, and actually, uh, you know, I think next episode, we'll kind of throw this in here, is we're going to go over the fighter, and the fighter is, uh, you know, Mr. Extra Attack, so we'll go over how that works, but extra attack is part of a single attack action. You have to do the attack action to get an extra attack. So with these. So, yes, this is this stuff does take up your full action on your turn. But there's there's massive benefits depending on the situation Uh, so that, you know, that's what it's all about is reading the situation. What is going to be the most beneficial for you? Uh, It's not always necessarily going to be just trying to do damage because you might hit you might do some good damage, but if the return fire or whatever uh, is, is more deadly, you know, you have to learn to, to, to do the best, uh, the best option for you here so. A few other here within uh, within the actions um, outside of our attacks and whatnot uh, the help action, this is another one that uh, could be very beneficial to use.
1: Yeah, the help action is a cool one. Uh, basically, if you're within five feet of uh, whoever you're helping or uh, depending on or whoever you're kind of almost dishelping, uh, so there's two uses for help. Uh, and so with help, uh, if you're trying to want to help one of your people, like to do something a little better, you can help them make a check they need to do. Uh, like, especially like if somebody like uh, gets caught, uh, let's say they get uh, hit with a carbonite blast and they're restrained, uh, you can use that help action to help them break out and help them get moving again, uh, which can be crucial, especially if that save is targeting something they're not good at, this could be a good way to help them get out of that and get back to normal. Uh, and help health, health can be pretty creative, too. Like, uh, I've had one of my parties where the, uh, one of the, the members was uh, under some type of control spell or power. I forgot which one. Uh, and then one of the people who sacrificed their action to help him and kind of made a cool RP plea just to uh, uh, kind of have him come back to his normal mind. Uh, and They used their action, were able to help him break out of it. Uh, especially because his stats were that were not great so without that advantage it was probably unlikely he would have broke out anytime soon uh so there's a lot of cool things you can do with that including helping your allies hit people there's just a lot you can do with it i feel like it's, it's overlooked a little bit
0: yeah and especially a lot of what you just mentioned tegan is the the help within combat at least uh you know outside of combat help is used probably very often inside combat help is probably if and when it would be used would be more about uh, granting advantage on on those attacks. That that should be pretty clear. But the other part, as you said, of, of helping with ability checks, in a situation as you said, if you have an a ally that's you know locked up and you can help them out uh, get out of that, because you know you sacrifice your one action on this one turn just to to get the party back to you know, all all guns on deck, uh, whatever, all hands on deck, like that's, you know, definitely going to be more beneficial than being a man down. So uh, certainly very useful. Um, the ready action, uh, this does get used, I think, uh, pretty good amount of times and and ready action is basically you're kind of waiting to do what you want to do and waiting for a particular circumstance maybe you want a certain creature to be in an area so they're within range um, or draw away from you waiting for one of your allies to do something maybe as an operative you want when you when your ally goes up and gets next to an enemy you're going to fire off your attacks you get sneak attack etc with the ready action you do have to specify what you're going to what you're readying, what you're holding there. So you can't just change that on the fly. You have to specify and the trigger. So then when that trigger goes off, um, but, uh, yeah, Tegan, I think that's going to happen though, no matter what. So there could be a little bit of a potential backfire sometimes, not often, but
1: Definitely. So the the hard thing is, that especially because you have to pick that trigger and ready, ready everything. Uh, so if the, the thing you're readying doesn't happen, so that can sometimes be a little bit of a bummer because you've already, yeah. you, you have to wait for that trigger to go. Uh, so sometimes your deal may be a little bit lenient if your trigger is close to what happened, uh, but sometimes you may just lose out on it. And that's just part of the game, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. So I think uh, in that sense, you know, don't be super uh, broad, but, you know, consider that. Don't be something super specific uh, about your trigger, but just make sure that that's there. And, um, you know, don't uh, don't set a fireball to go off if, if something, if a creature goes in a certain square, because that could be an ally that goes in that square and that triggers, then, you know, that would be bad news. Yeah. So... But uh, another good one there. There's a couple here, a couple more here under the actions uh, section. Um, search is another one, which uh, this would be probably one that doesn't get used too much in combat, I'd say, Tegan, like pretty situational.
1: So this would be, have to be your has to set up an like occasion for a search to be uh, useful. Um, I did one. So one of my campaigns, there was a minefield. Uh, so that's kind of a useful one. Where you kind of want to want to make some moves and move out of the way, but you want to do some uh, investigative searching to make sure that you're not going to plop your foot in the mine as you're going. Uh, so this would be more, uh, it's definitely gonna be campaign or kind of a, a combat specific, but it could definitely be useful in the right circumstances.
0: And just kind of in general, I think like that would fall under, so doing a general uh, skill check, you know, I think so, you can also do that. Like the, uh, it's up to the DM, of course, that if you want to do something, the DM might say, okay, give me an X check. And then, like, it doesn't necessarily specifically fall under any of these actions, but the DM's going to, um, you know, deem that an action, just because it's a little bit more than, so, you know, leading into this next and last option, the use an object. Uh, so, you're opening a door, you're... Um, you know, whatever. Well, not an object interaction. I think opening a door would fall under object interaction. Uh, but using an object is going to be a little bit more than that. Um, so maybe you have to like unlock the door. That's probably going to be more of an uh, use an object or tapping into a computer console uh, to deactivate uh, an alarm or a, a, you know, self-destruct protocol.
1: Definitely uh, using that or popping a grenade or using some med packs or just any of those items that can kind of pop up during a a combat encounter. One thing I would mention, too, especially with a lot of these actions, uh, especially if you find something that feels a cool style or want to build a character around, uh, check out the fighting styles. Uh, A lot of the fighting styles give you some additional Bonus with uh, one of these actions, or even allows you to do them without taking up your whole action. Uh, like, uh, for instance, the guard action. If you really found that you wanted to be a big tank and just make sure you're guarding your people and taking those hits you could take the formation fighting which lets you do it as a bonus action versus your action uh, so you can still get in there and do damage with it uh, and most of these have ones i know there's ones for grappling disengage disengage dash hide uh, there's usually one for pretty much all those actions so if you that you like one of those and want to build a character around them the fighting styles and masteries can be a, a good way to give you a little extra edge when you're doing so
0: so, kind of moving on, you know, moving into that. Uh, so, we've gone over all those those main actions. Uh, of course, you know, we haven't touched on it. We kind of have in and out, but the attack. An attack is an action. Uh, so, if you want an if you want to an attack, uh, that's part of an action. And I and actually, uh, additionally, casting a power is also a separate uh, action as well. And that's that's always good to make note of because. Uh, You know, there's certain things that, you know, require you to do an attack action or whatever else. Uh, So you have to definitely uh, pay attention to that stuff there. Kind of touching on what we just talked about, though, the bonus action things. So as I said earlier, you only have a bonus action if you're granted it by a feature, a power, etc. Operatives, I believe, uh, I think they've moved some of these around, but uh, Dash, Disengage, uh, maybe some other ones give you, uh, you get those as a bonus action.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with cunning action, you get a dash, disengage, and hide uh, for free or kind of part of your class on that side. So you can use them as a bonus action uh, to kind of get around the battlefield or try to hide or do whatever you need to do. Uh, so those are usually kind of good options for your bonus action. Uh, I know some classes you get them natively, like uh, the operative, monks uh fighter gets a few too uh but one of the things and we kind of touched on this ball, building an op uh, pc uh always try to try to find as many different ways so you can use your full turns action so your action your bonus action your reaction uh just kind of take a look as you're building your pc or look at the battlefield there's usually something you can do and try to build as many options as you can so you can just help out with the kind of make a cool narrative with it and help out as much
0: as you can Yeah. You want to use everything at your, you know, at your disposal there. And, um, there's kind of last thing on bonus actions is that you only get one of those per turn. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, you generally, you have one action, you have one bonus action if available, uh, not more than one. So, you know, always good stuff to keep in mind and then your movement. And that's, you know, that's pretty much your turn there is, uh, you go through those three things, what's involved within those. And then, you know, Move on to the next person in line and and kind of repeat that process. All right, well, that was a uh, you know some discussion on what you can do within combat. Uh, you know most of the actions there's there's plenty of stuff we didn't even touch on. so make sure you just kind of review that chapter on on combat and everything that's available. And really, you know the takeaway that I hope anyone gets is look beyond just i attack with my weapon I, I swing my sword i shoot my blaster think about the situation in the encounter and what you can do both to just really maximize uh the situation and maximize benefits you can provide or gain and also just it makes it a little bit more fun too i think uh you know narrate those things that you're doing uh and and uh, just get get a little bit something different out of it
1: for sure just kind of livens up combat and, uh, and i if- even if you're the DM or the player, it just gives you a little bit of uh, unexpectedness, which is always nice. So you don't know exactly what's going to happen next. And this gets a little bit of element of surprise in there, which is always nice.
0: So we hope this helps uh, new and existing players out there. Uh, just kind of going over this stuff uh, next episode, looking ahead to two weeks, uh, we will do a another class spotlight this time on the fighter. We touched on that a little bit earlier about the extra attack and things. So we'll, We'll see how that works because uh, for those that are familiar with the fighter, uh, extra attack is, is uh, extra, extra, extra attack. I really is is what it is with the fighter <laughs> when you get up there. So they have a lot of output options. So we'll uh, touch on that class next time. Uh, in the meantime, I appreciate, again, to all of our listeners and followers uh, very much. Always check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com. And we will see you next time. May the Force be with you.
1: May the Force be with you.